Hello and welcome to The Crude Report. This is a podcast series from Argus on global crude oil markets. My name is James Gooder. I'm the VP for Crude at Argus Media in London. And this week, my guest is Nicolas de Sanctis. He's one of our crude market experts and he's the editor of the Argus West Africa Oil Report. This week, we're taking a closer look at West Africa. It's a region close to both of our hearts, an important swing area for uh, oil production to find its way into markets around the world. So we want to have a look at the changing picture for the crude exporters based in West Africa and the markets around the world that are buying that crude. Nicola, welcome to the podcast. Hey, James. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. Can't wait to talk about WAF. Well, it's good to have you back. One of the stories that we've been hearing and propagating in recent months is that demand for West African crude is being threatened in every market by US exports. Is that really the case, though? What's the real impact been? Well, tricky question. I believe um, the perfect answer to that would be uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously we've seen uh, WTI displacing West African crude since at least mid-2019, give or take. Um, but things, I believe, uh, are slowly changing, at least since it's some key markets. I checked the traders over the past trading sessions, and um, they say that they're expecting the flows of US crude to Europe to curb by almost 50% this month. And uh, we, at the same time, seeing a rebound in demand for West African crude in, um, as I said, uh, key markets, uh, mostly in um, Asia Pacific, which has uh, China and India, although some other traditional outlets for um, WAF like uh, Taiwanese CPC, have almost entirely switched to US crude, unfortunately for me, obviously. So to answer your question, I believe we're looking at a slightly more favorable outlook for the West African market. Hmm. Well, that's good news for West African exporters. And you say it's still um, an important export source for the Far East uh, and, and the Nearer East as well. Um, as of obviously, China is a key demand center for West African crude of all types. Uh, that's where we've seen the most rapid rebound in demand after the first wave of COVID infections. What's affecting that recovery in demand right now? And, and what's the outlook for West African exporters to China specifically? Oof, uh, quite a few things. Um, so <laughs> it's a bit sensitive, but I guess sellers of West African crude um, should send some thank you notes to, to Donald Trump for his prolonged tug of war with China. That is keeping uh, definitely the door open for West African exports to the country. The demand, as, as you said, uh, has rebounded recently, and um, it's driven by the restart of economic activities that happened in the second quarter of this year. But um, that also led to um, a series of port queues in the Shandong province, which is home uh, of the, um, to the country's independent refiners. And that in uh, June and July was also coupled with uh, floats that obviously hit the country quite heavily and that cut demand um, temporarily, I would say. But now we're seeing like um, an uptick in demand, at least for the, the last quarter of the year. We've seen some, some refiners even trying to, to expand their capacity, like uh, Rongsheng, uh, which is trying to, to double uh, its 400,000 barrels the PC refinery. I'm not sure whether I'm, I'm pronouncing this right, That's but uh, so it's going. It's coming back to the market for sure. And um, another thing is, 
I believe uh, it's, it's quite important is the import quotas. As you know, um, the government releases patches of import quotas for independent refiners on a yearly basis. And usually um, these import quotas are divided into three or more batches, around like three or four. And um, now what I'm hearing is that independent refiners have used up the quotas and they're looking forward to um, using the, the new quotas for 2021, which is going to start obviously in January. So what we're seeing at the moment is a rebound in demand for uh, December loading cargoes, which means that independent refiners are now booking cargoes loading in December in West Africa. And by the time they reach Chinese ports, it's going to be almost the beginning of next year. So they're going to be able to use the quotas again. So, yes, we're seeing demand for Angola, mostly Angolan crude, I must say, definitely strengthening um, over the past few weeks. We now uh, have the December loading program that started trading three days ago. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing like a lot of activity. So, yes, I believe that Chinese demand is definitely back for Angolan crude and uh, for overall like Congolese crude as well. That's interesting. So people are kind of stacking up ahead of the new quotas, I guess, uh, making assumptions that they'll be rolled over. Uh, sure. And also the, um, we, we should not forget about the, um, the Chinese New Year for, uh, that is going to take place early February. So obviously refiners are going to stock up. Well, I mean, in preparation to that. Exactly, exactly. That's interesting. Of course, key West African exporters, Nigeria and Angola, you've mentioned, uh, they, of course, are members of OPEC. And as such, they're constrained in how much they can produce under the current OPEC plus output deal. And added to this, they're having to cut deeper than agreed because of overproduction in the early stages of the deal. So it's a difficult question, really. But what's the current outlook for that agreement and its effects on... Nigeria and Angola? It is a tricky question. Um, the current agreement, as you know, uh, is set to run up until like uh, April 2022. So I believe any forecast at this time would be a pure assumption, I guess. But I can try. I believe obviously Nigeria is going to struggle because, as you said, it has to uh, cut even further. So at the moment, we've seen Nigeria that has around 230,000 barrels a day that has to be cut on top of the current quota. And that has to be cut before the end of this year. So um, it's really up to uh, Nigerian or obviously the producers in Nigeria on how to attain such a, such a cut because they could do 50,000 barrels next month and 100,000 barrels, 100, barrels in December, who knows? It's, it's, it's really hard, uh, and uh, there are no key indications that that will happen uh, in a structured way. So, for the time being, what, what I can say is that um, they're definitely going to struggle. Angola, probably not as much as Nigeria, because, I mean, as you know, Nigeria has been um, among one of the serial undercompliers of OPEC, Plus, along with uh, Iraq. I believe Iraq now um, is the producer that has the highest debt, I would say, to clear before the end of the year. Nigeria closely follows. And um, overall, the OPEC Plus members need to cut 2.3 million barrels a day before the end of the, um, of the year on top of the quotas. So it is quite a task. Angola, as I said, 
um, is probably going to have less obstacles to that because of the decline in production. So they might be a better place to achieve such cuts, even because Angola is only to cut 90,000 barrels a day on top of its quota. So that can be easily done by um, taking out like a cargo a month, basically. Interesting. We'll come back to the effects of all of these things on prices maybe at, at the end of the of this podcast. But then just briefly, uh, we were discussing the other day that most African exporters have managed to find some unexpected outlets for their um, crude in recent months. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So we've seen quite a few cargoes heading uh, to the Pacific, to the Y in um, specific, but also cargoes going to uh, St. Lucia. We're talking about Congolese crude in this case. St. Lucia is, in, is a little island in the Caribbean. Um, we're also seeing cargoes of um, West African crude. Um, I believe it's Angolan crude um, going to Chile. Last time it happened, I believe it was three years ago. And also, of course, there are a few niche markets uh, in the Asia Pacific that opened quite recently, like uh, Vietnam or Brunei. So, um, yes, West African crude uh, is definitely finding um, ways to, um, I would say, compensate for the flows of uh, WTI. Sure thing. And um, just returning to uh, kind of today's markets and uh, maybe looking ahead a little bit, uh, I mean, what you've given us a really interesting picture of, uh, you know, a diverse and perhaps growing market, uh, particularly in, in Asia for, for West African crude. So that's good. And then with uh, cuts because of the OPEC agreements, perhaps less supply, more opportunities to sell, we could see some uh, some strengthening in differentials, I guess, looking at it simply. But we've also just seen the new official selling prices uh, coming out from Nigeria. And, well, what do they tell us uh, about uh, Nigerian state producers and NPC's uh, strategy? And what's the market reaction to those? And more broadly speaking, where do you see this market going in the next uh, in the next trading cycle, let's say? Right. Um, so the West African market... Um this trading session is quite active, I must say. This is this compares with a uh, kind of like a very quiet period over the past five to six months. So what is happening, uh, as you said, like the the cuts in productions are obviously helping differentials. Although I believe that uh, Angolan crude is faring better than the Nigerian crude. So uh, the December loading program has said for Angolan crude started two or three days ago, and um, Angolan state-run Sonangol has already placed in China two of the three December parcel that offered uh, yesterday. <laughs> so that is that is quite fast, I must say. And at the same time, it raised the offer for uh, the remaining uh, cargo of Dahlia by 40 cents. This is quite a, an uncommon move for uh, Sonangol. They usually trim offers in order to trigger buyer's interest, uh, whereas like in this case, they obviously seeing demand from Asia Pacific strengthening. So as far as Nigerian crude is concerned, we are seeing the overrank of unsold October cargoes completely cleared now and um, fewer than 20 uh, November cargoes available. So we started to see the new December programs again, couple of days ago, 
it looks like exports are lower, uh, are expected lower in December. So we have just received uh, the, the OSPs for November crude. From October, they have been cut for uh, the third consecutive month. And this reflects a decline in values that we've seen um, over the recent uh, trading cycles. So most of the key grades have been cut and um, only three grades out of 33 are in positive territory. And uh, most of the grades that we're talking about, like the uh, premium to the benchmark, are very niche grades for which volumes are very low. So Aegina among the key grades is, is the only one at premium, which is around like 20 cent premium, which is very, very low for, for Regina, um, but it's still uh, among the highest value rates in Nigeria. The feedback from the market is that prices should have been at those levels for the past three months, because um, what I'm hearing is that despite the rebound in demand, differentials might go up a little bit. For now, we're seeing like most of Nigerian crudes at discounts to the benchmark, but very few traders are expecting uh, Nigerian differentials to go up to firm premiums to not sediated because they say that uh, for the time being, probably the right prices for Nigerian crude, we're talking about like marginal premiums to, to the benchmark. But this, in turn, would help clear experts. So it's going to be like a win-win situation where sellers are going to be able to clear the, the cargoes without discounting distressed cargoes and will also help trigger interest in uh, several key markets in Asia-Pacific and perhaps in Europe. So yes, I believe that the market is now becoming to be more active. And um, I think that the next couple of weeks, we're going to see trade pick up for both Nigeria and Angolan and probably Congolese crude as well. That's great. That's a more uh, positive picture than I'd expected. So thanks very much for that, uh, Nicola. I'm sure our, our listeners in West Africa and anyone who's buying and selling West African crude will have got a lot out of this. So uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you, James. Just to wrap up, thanks for listening. For daily prices, news and analysis for over 80 international traded crude streams, please consider subscribing to the Argus Crude Service if you don't already. And for a more in-depth view of West African crude and refined products, we uh, also have, of course, the Argus West Africa Oil Service. You can find more information on these services at www.argusmedia.com. Thanks very much for listening, and please join us again on the next episode of The Crude Report. 